Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. We are on series two, uh, episode 64, and we are continuing with our Come Follow Me study for this week. If you are just joining us, the Come Follow Me, uh, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me is a podcast which seeks to develop discussion and uh, insight into um, principles and doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, in particular using the Come Follow Me materials, which we have been so blessed with this year and last year. Uh, we are looking in March the 2nd to 8th, 2nd Nephi chapters 31 to 33, This Is The Way. And uh, we are continuing, well, we're beginning, really, uh, the study of the um, Second Nephi 31 to 32. Jesus Christ and his doctrine are the only way to eternal life. Uh, yesterday, we began what I thought was the study of this, but actually we were focusing really on the second section, uh, which was Jesus Christ set the perfect example of obedience when he was baptized. So we're going to stick with Second Nephi 31 today and look at what it teaches about the doctrine of Christ. Uh, and then we'll move into uh, section 32 tomorrow. Uh, I am not going to talk very much about the Holy Ghost because that kind of has its own section by itself. Uh, but we are going to focus on the whole doctrine of Christ uh, and how this works for us. So in 2 Nephi 31.14, we talked yesterday about faith and the importance of coming unto Christ in faith. Uh, and now we're just going to talk about where it says, after you have repented of your sins and witness unto the Father that ye are willing to keep my commandments. Uh, which, of course, is the Saviour speaking in this verse. Um, repentance is an obvious and important part of this process. It was mentioned uh, yesterday that repentance needs to have happened before someone is baptised, that the act of baptism doesn't cleanse necessarily, but it's a bridging and it's a declaration and a sign to God and to the church that a person has repented, has given up and had a change of heart, and that they are willing and ready to receive the, the power and sanctification of the Holy Ghost so that they can move forward and be a new creature in Christ. And baptism is this symbol, this sign to, to those around that they are willing to make this step. Uh, Stephen W. Owen said this, quote, We often associate repentance with grievous sins that require a mighty change, but repentance is for everyone those who are wandering in forbidden paths and are lost, as well as those who have gotten into the straight and narrow path and now need to press forward. Repentance both puts us on the right path and keeps us on the right path. It is for those who are just beginning to believe, those who have believed all along, and those who need to begin again to believe. Close quote. The universality of the doctrine of Christ is important. And certainly growing up, you know, I, I, I knew of the, the gospel of Christ, that it's faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost. And before, like my, my thoughts were, well, faith obviously is important for everyone. And we all need to develop faith. Repentance is important if I make a wrong choice. Um, baptism, obviously, I learned later on linked back to the sacraments. So obviously everyone needs to renew their covenants because we all make mistakes. And the Holy Ghost is, you know, always there. But actually, you know, I've, come to understand through this study and, and through other studies that repentance obviously is an important part every time in this process. We all need to change. None of us are perfect. Therefore, all of us need repentance in some way, shape or form. Uh, and I think, you know, I love how uh, Brother Owen comments there about how it doesn't only get us back to the right path, it keeps pushing forward on the right path. If we weren't repenting, we would probably stay stable on our position on the path and may start to wander off. But repentance drives us forward and it makes us desire to want to make that change. So it's so important. 
In verse 16, we read, And now, my beloved brethren, I know by this that unless a man shall endure to the end in following the example of the Son of the living God, he cannot be saved. Um, so this enduring to the end is an important principle. We need to keep doing this. And enduring to the end doesn't like often conjures up images of us trying really hard and sl slogging away at life. But actually, enduring to the end refers back to repeatedly applying the, the gospel of Christ. Uh, Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, quote, Enduring to the end implies patient continuance in well-doing, striving to keep the commandments and doing the works of righteousness. It requires sacrifice and hard work. To endure to the end, we need to trust our Father in heaven and make wise choices, including paying our tithes and offerings, honouring temple covenants, and serving the Lord and one another willingly and faithfully in our church callings and responsibilities. It means strength of character, selflessness and humility. It means integrity and honesty, to the Lord and our fellow men. It means making our homes strong places of defence and a refuge against worldly evils. It means loving and honouring our spouses and children. By doing our best to endure to the end, a beautiful refinement will come into our lives. We will learn to do good to them that hate us and pray for them which despitefully use us. The blessings that come to us from enduring to the end in this life are, are real and very significant, and for the life to come they are beyond our comprehension." Close quote. Again, the blessings of enduring to the end in this life are real and significant, and there are blessings truly to be had in this life when we make that choice to try and endure to the end. And enduring to the end doesn't just imply we hang in there till the end, but we, we strive to live more right. We strive to bless the lives of others and reach out. Um, and actually, this links on really well uh, to verse 17, which I absolutely loved. Um, it said, Wherefore, do the things which I have told you, I have seen Sorry, wherefore do the things which I have told you, I have seen that your Lord and Redeemer should do. For for this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance, and baptism by water, and then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. So first of all, again, something that stands out is that the remission of sins comes by the Holy Ghost. So that's, again, the important uh, link there between what the purpose of baptism is. It isn't to cleanse. It is to um, make that covenant and it's to show that commitment. Um, but um, Dietard Christofferson uh, said this about the doctrine of Christ and about how it, it blesses us with this grace. It says, the doctrine of Christ expresses what we must do to receive atoning grace. It, has to, it is to believe and have faith in Christ, to repent and be baptized, and to receive the Holy Ghost, and then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. This is the gate, our access to the Savior's atoning grace and to the straight and narrow path leading to his kingdom. Close quote. This enduring to the end, and then this understanding that this gospel opens the gates to the Savior's atoning grace are linked. And to me, it, it, it says this. Now, obviously, you know, a lot of people believe that the grace of Christ is, is for all mankind uh, without anything on our part. And, you know, I think that, again, this whole discussion between faith and works comes into play here. What we're not saying is that we need to do certain commandments to receive the grace of the Lord in our lives. However, uh, to receive the full extent of his grace, there is something we need to do. But it's not the, the ticking boxes kind of commandments that that does it. It is this, the doctrine of Christ. And in a bit, we'll talk about how the, the Savior himself said we shouldn't be adding or taking away to his gospel. But this grace is available to us if we follow these simple steps of faith, repentance, 
being baptized and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and then enduring to the end in the sense that we invite and strive to seek him in our lives through this process repeatedly of having faith, repenting, partaking of the sacraments, and receiving and accepting the, the sanctification of the Holy Ghost constantly. Verses 19 and 20 are obviously well-known. Uh, it talks about how once we've gotten onto this straight and narrow path, the, it isn't the end, but we need to continue to have faith in him and press forward with his steadfastness. Now, I am, I'm not going to read it all because it is very long and there's only one minute and a half left and there's something else I want to cover. But there is a quote by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland that links with this. So I invite you to read 3 Nephi 20, uh, 31 verses 19 to 20 and then consider this. Elder Holland said, quote, he who picks up one end of the stick picks up the other. My marvelous mission president taught in his very first message to us. And that is the way it is supposed to be when we join this, the true and living church of the, the true and living church of the true and living God. When we join the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we board the good ship Zion and sail with her wherever she goes until she comes into that millennial port. We stay in the boat through squalls and stills, through storms and sunburn, because that is the only way to the promised land. This church is the Lord's vehicle for crucial doctrines, ordinances, covenants, and keys that are essential to exaltation. And one cannot be fully faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ without striving to be faithful in the church, which is, is, it, which is its earthly institutional manifestation." Close quote. We will know if we are on the right path. We will know if we are on the good ship Zion and going toward this eternal destination if we are <coughs> partaking in the doctrines, the ordinances, the covenants, receiving the grace of Christ. And we can see that through our actions, through what we do. If we are making choices that are not in keeping with the will of the Lord, then we know that we need to work on applying this doctrine into our life more. Um, it is through the doctrines and principles that will change behavior. And that is truly how this works. Um, because in verse 21, as it says, there is none other way nor name given under heaven whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. Um, it's interesting this because obviously it talks about the name of Christ and how this name of Christ is important. And that makes me think of how President Nelson a couple of years ago emphasized in one of his early messages of, as, a, as the prophet of the Lord that the name of the church has to be kept sacred and so therefore has changed a number of outlets and uh, social media things and uh, for the church, that it's the church of Jesus, Jesus Christ, not the LDS church, not the Mormon church, but the church of Jesus Christ. Um, but this idea of the name of the church being important didn't just begin with President Nelson. Uh, in fact, in, in 2011, um, M. Russell Ballard and Boyd K. Packer were talking about the, the name of the church. Uh, M. Russell Ballard said, quote, Do we realize how blessed we are to take upon us the name of God's beloved and only begotten Son? Do we understand how significant that is? The Saviour's name is the only name under heaven by which man can be saved. As you will remember, President Boyd K. Packer discussed the importance of the name of the church in last April's General Conference. He explained that obedient to Revelation, we call ourselves the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, rather than the Mormon Church. Because the full name of the church is so important, I echo the revelations from the scriptures. The First Presidency's instructions in the letters of 1982 and 2001, and the words of other apostles who have encouraged the members of the church to uphold and teach the world that the church is known by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the name by which the Lord will call us in the last day. It is the name by which his church will be distinguished from all others. Close quote. So as you can see, it's not a new new principle, but it's 
just the fact that it's been emphasised by our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, and that steps have been taken by the church to fall into line with this revelation and guidance. And so therefore we must as well. Um, yeah, so I'm going to end it there because we are well over 10 minutes now, uh, but there is a lot to cover. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope there's been something that's uh, had an impact on you today. Please share uh, what you've been studying or any feedback at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter. You can email session at gmail.com or, of course, you can join our Facebook group, uh, Church of Jesus Christ uh, Study Session with Come Follow Me. We are re receiving new members each day and it's great to have some people sharing their thoughts and comments and uh, insights. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.